sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Happy Monday. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid. It is August 24th, 2020. We've got a full show for you here today. Lots to get to here on the program as we'll cover Major League Baseball, of course, and look at the week ahead. But what a night it was in the NBA as we look forward to another day of playoffs as we are rounding down from 16 down to 8, and we're getting closer and closer to the conference finals and the NBA finals, also inching closer to the NFL season as well. Of course, I'm always joined by my co-host Joe Pizapia. And Joe, happy Monday to you. I would say that uh, NBA yesterday really took hold of the world. Watching the two late games yesterday was a lot of fun. And of course, lots to cover in Major League Baseball as well. And two weeks from Thursday, opening night in the NFL. Good afternoon. I can't believe it. You just said it. We are getting so close to the NFL, and I'm getting super excited for that. But you're right. The NBA kind of captured everybody this weekend. There's no doubt about that. It was absolutely wonderful. And the you know, 76ers got bounced, too. And who knows? That coach might be on the way out as well. So lots of NBA stuff to break down. I know Ronis is going to be here later, too, in the program. Nobody better to break it all down than him. But, yeah, I mean, it's all really about one guy named Luca, isn't it, after all? I mean, that guy just had quite a weekend. Yeah, and, and honestly, uh, almost upstaged a little bit by the late game with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray both scoring 50 points in their game yesterday. I, I just I haven't seen anything like this a long time in the NBA, and so we'll dive into that as well. But, of course, we start off with our top stories, which uh, Luka Doncic, I think, really uh, captured everybody's attention yesterday with a 135-133 win for the Dallas Mavericks, as it looks like. The Clippers are up against it in this series. It, it's kind of a one-man show. I mean, essentially, what Dallas is doing, and uh, and yesterday was just a really. I think for most general NBA fans, even though I think most people know who Luca is at this point, was sort of his coming out party. I think in a big way, looking like Larry Bird, honestly, against the Clippers. <laughs> uh, the Celtics sweep the 76ers. Joel Embiid talking about his future, of course, the coaching future there. As well, we could even get some news of that in the show. We'll we'll kind of pay attention to that as we go for sure. Uh, Dodgers hit seven home runs yesterday. They improved to twenty two and eight. There's no doubt this is the best team in baseball. And and honestly, at this point, a dominant team, very similar to the Twins in terms of offense, but unsimilar in terms of pitching because their pitching is arguably the best in the game as well. They've been fantastic. Baltimore Orioles have a hit streak going here. Something we'll need to pay attention to. Anthony Santander, who has been fantastic for them arguably one of the most improved players in Major League Baseball, has a hit streak going of 18 games. That's a lot, given the fact that this season only started a month ago. Earl Thomas was released yesterday by the Baltimore Ravens, and so his future is certainly in doubt. He'll find a taker at some point, but they're going to have to figure out the finances of this because certainly no one is going to want to pay him the salary that the Ravens did. And uh, NFL had a lot of false positive tests yesterday. Camps, about 15 camps shut down yesterday. They couldn't have practice and then, of course, they realized that a lot of the tests that were positive were really negative. But it just goes to show you that even with everything going on in the NFL, something like this could potentially derail 
a game in the NFL as well. It was a lab uh, up in the Northeast, but certainly at this point, the good news is that everybody was negative, but this is going to happen during the season. You're going to have games that are going to be pushed back, postponed, et cetera, just like every other sport. And that's where we'll start off, Joe, here on the show today. No question the NBA dominated, but a lot of other stuff to get to as well. Yeah, without a doubt. And I would say that uh, obviously the, the good news is that those tests were negative. The bad news is where's testing at? And I think that is the question now that's going to be in a lot of people's minds. And it's fair. Um, for the most part, I would say the testing going on has been much better. I think we've seen that across the board. But every now and then we do have these hiccups in testing. And that is something that's concerning, especially when we're dealing with the amount of testing that professional sports are doing right now of their athletes. So it's something to keep track of. And like I said, there was good news and bad news to take away from both of that. Uh, and as far as Earl Thomas goes in the NFL, too, I would imagine he does catch on somewhere. Both New York teams could certainly use a safety. I know there's been some talk of some other teams as well uh, getting in the Earl Thomas uh, bandwagon. And it would be hard to imagine him not playing this season. But uh, certainly an interesting move here by the Ravens to actually let him go here uh, amid some of the controversy in the locker room with some of the other fellows. And uh, Earl Thomas is not the same player he was. But I think Earl Thomas, when you look at what's going on here in the landscape of the NFL, certainly can help a few teams, I would imagine. Craig, would you agree that Earl Thomas will latch on with somebody sooner than later, probably before the season starts? Yeah, I think Earl Thomas is done, but I do mm. think that he'll get another opportunity to play somewhere. The Ravens are a team that's chasing a championship, and when you have players internally saying that you should let the player go, uh, it leads me to believe that there isn't a lot left there in the tank. But he'll get another opportunity to prove that and show that somewhere else. Remember, at the end of Earl uh, of uh, Ed Reed's career, excuse me, Ed Reed, they let him go too. So uh, Ravens know how to do this, and so if they chose to make this move and they let go of Ed Reed, who's arguably the best defensive player maybe in their history outside of Ray Lewis, uh, I, I certainly think that uh, the end is here for Earl Thomas, but he'll sign with Dallas or he'll sign with someone else and right. he'll get an opportunity for sure. But I don't think that there is anything left for him, unfortunately, except for Canton, because he will be a Hall of Famer, no doubt, uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, as we welcome in our radio audience, let's take a look at the big night last night, one of the biggest nights in the playoffs thus far for any player on FanDuel, 84.9 points for Luka, 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. He now has... Two straight double-doubles, and the 84.9, There's you know, Harden's had a couple of games that are close to 100, but this is about as good as it gets. And if you take a look, Joe, at what everybody was saying yesterday on social media, Dwayne Wade, uh, Steph Curry, and all kinds of NBA players weighing in on this. Manu Ginobili also uh, having things to say. There's Dwayne Wade's tweet yesterday, just basically <laughs> going off and saying great things about him. There's no doubt that the NBA has taken notice. This is the next great player in the league. There's Steph Curry's quotes yesterday on Twitter as well. And I think that we all need to sort of pay attention to this because I think that Luka is the next great superstar in the league. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Miss, Joe Pizapia. Happy Monday to you. Hopefully you had a good weekend. And before we get into our fantasy standouts in Major League Baseball from the weekend... Joe, how was your weekend? A little WWE mixed in with your NBA oh. and NHL and Major League Baseball? Oh, absolutely. All the lasers, all the Thunderdome I could handle. The kids were excited. We did uh, 
fire up the grill at the Pizza Pia house. And on Sunday, we did the Sunday sauce and some SummerSlam and a little baseball as well. So that was very nice. But how about you, Craig Mish? Did you enjoy the weekend there? I know we're back to school for Florida, but uh, did it feel like a regular week now, like things were back to normal for you guys? Yeah, not not a lot happening, and and of course uh, the Marlins were on the road, so got a chance to stay at home and watched a couple of Netflix things. Nothing uh, all that too exciting. Uh, golf Saturday and and baseball practice Sunday, and that's pretty much it. We're back that's in the, the excitement level. It's practically here. fall already. <laughs> it is, it is, and and unfortunately this week we would be having college football, and we don't, and that's you know sort of the sad statement for this weekend but nonetheless if uh, i look at it and look ahead i'm hoping that there is some college football and of course pro football coming up on uh, the 10th of september and also one quick note to give to you and and really interesting uh, joe something that i'm sure we'll talk more about tomorrow's show is that the miami dolphins are the first team in the nfl uh, to announce that they're going to allow fans in the stands this season it's going to be about 20 percent capacity for both them and the Miami Hurricanes, and so um, it doesn't appear as though all the coaches are in favor of this. In fact, Sean McDermott uh, made a comment earlier today basically saying it's kind of strange that some places are allowing fans and some are not, but that's where we're at as a country right now. Some states are open, some states are not as much, and I don't think the fans will have all that much to do with the outcome, Joe, particularly in the Dolphins' case uh, per se, but still, there will be some yelling and screaming that will be heard on audio that will not be coming from uh, piped-in sound. And by the way, they're only saying this for September, and they're going to test it and see if it works. Yeah, uh, test, I think, is the uh, the clear word there. But uh, I struggle with this. Again, It's it's if it's going to put anything else in danger, if it's going to put people in danger, I don't even know why we're trying this. It's only eight home games. Let's just keep everybody home. Let's just let's just plow through, get the games going. And and if things are going good with numbers, okay, maybe then you start to open it up. But I don't understand why we're doing this. I don't understand why we're trying to force it. Personally, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Just get the games going. We've proven already. It's all about getting the games going. It's not that weird with baseball. Everybody's over it. We're all watching baseball every night. It's fine. We'll still watch NFL. Pump in the crowd noise. I don't care. Maybe a few lasers here and there. That's the only thing I, I would like to see. I always like lasers. <laughs> Well, I, I I can go to the football games, too. I'm going to choose not to. It has nothing to do with uh, health. Okay. I just prefer football at home. Uh, I'll, I'll continue to go to the, uh, to the baseball games for sure, though, no doubt. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at the fantasy standouts from Sunday. Nobody better than Jose Abreu lately you know, for the Chicago White Sox. He's got uh, he had home runs in four straight at-bats, <laughs> six home runs in nine at-bats. Abreu has been an absolute monster, like the rest of the White Sox offense. The two offenses that have taken hold now, and moved ahead of the Twins are the Padres and the White Sox. They lead the league in home runs. Of course, the, the Padres hit another grand slam, by the way, over the weekend as well. Uh, Mookie Betts and the Dodgers, they had seven home runs yesterday. He had two of them. He now has 11, but here is the key number if you're a DFS player or even season long. Stole two bases yesterday, too. Circle that one. That is huge in fantasy. Three RBIs for him as well. On the pitching side, you Darvish was dominant. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, ten strikeouts, and he improves to five and one on the season. Maybe we have a new Cy Young award on our hands at the end of 2020. We will see. Yadier Molina had a huge day at the plate with four hits and two RBIs. And then, of course, this morning there's an Instagram post with him not wearing a mask and a bunch of people around him. So that's going to be the story with him today, unfortunately, but that's where we're at. Uh, Nelson Cruz, two more hits for him on Sunday, and he hit his 10th home run of the season. So congratulations to Nelson Cruz. Hey, break up the Pirates. They won three games in a row. Gregory mm-hmm. Polanco, who's had a miserable start to his season, batting a buck fifty, 
It is fourth home run and also stole two bases. The Blue Jays did not win yesterday, but Teoscar Hernandez, Joe, continues hit his hot hitting as he hit a home run. He stole two bases and he walked three times. There is your FanDuel winner on Sunday, Teoscar Hernandez of the Jays, who's off to a great start. Yeah, without a doubt. And look, uh, speaking of FanDuel, too, when we left you on Friday, we were talking about Jose Abreu's price against John Lester. He was at 3.1K, and he said, look, this is a phenomenal hitter in the middle of a great lineup great matchup against Lester I got to tune in right over to ESPN right at that time where he was up I said oh Abreu's up great I want to watch this boom there was the first of many home runs of the weekend for Jose Abreu so I don't know how much longer that value is going to be down in the low threes we'll see where it goes from here you Darvish the other guy to talk about too before we get to Hernandez because I was cautiously optimistic, Craig, that you Darvish would continue to be very good and kind of pick up where he left off last year. But I was a little skeptical he could be absolutely filthy dominant again like he was for that stretch just because that's the nature of baseball. But my goodness, him and Trevor Bauer right now, neck and neck for the Cy Young Award. You're absolutely right. I mean, you Darvish has been absolutely incredible. And it's why the Cubs are where they are, despite the fact the offense has been a little lackluster. And I think it's finally time we can maybe, maybe say that Teoscar Hernandez has broken out and this is for real. And it's not just a run that this is actually a better, newer version of Teoscar Hernandez. I hope so, Craig. I know you and I have been on this guy for quite some time and we're both really excited about what we're seeing. And obviously the numbers don't lie and that hard hit rate, man, it's been really solid. It has not dipped at all. In fact, it's even gone up over the last week. He's a really interesting player for a number of different reasons. Uh, the first reason is, of course, is that what you're describing is accurate. Unfortunately, he has had, including last year, massive slumps where he doesn't do yes. anything for months. So that's the one thing that you can't be sure about. And the other part of that is that that's not going to be evident this year because we only have a month left in the baseball season. So that's number one going into 2021. The second part of this is that we may not know because, simply put, the ballpark that he's playing in is is basically a home run ballpark in 2020. In 2021, he's not going to play in Buffalo. He's going to go back to playing in Toronto as well. So it's basically a run and a ride for a player that, simply put, is having one of the best starts to the 2020 season of anyone in the American League. And on Sunday, initially hit a home run and then walked every plate appearance the rest of the way and stole bases. Yesterday after the game, he talked about that day at the plate. Uh, at the home run, uh, I didn't get any like good pitch to hit. So I realized after my second out by the first walk that they're not going to throw me like any pitches uh, in the zone. So uh, I, was, I changed my plan, and I was a little more patient at the plate. Tried to get pitches that I can do damage, and I uh, didn't get any after that, so I take the, the three walks. That's a big part of Teoscar Hernandez's game, Joe, is now getting on base. And if he can do that at a higher clip, I think that would certainly change things for his DFS projections, for his season-long fantasy projections. You want him seeing pitches and hitting home runs, but I think the one issue that sits in front of him now slightly is the fact that Bo Bichette is not in that offense. And so that's just an extra bat. That's not going to be around him to be able to play. Uh, I'm going to be very curious. Uh, and, and now the Blue Jays have been at home for a while. They're going to go back on the road. I'm going to be very curious now to take a look at what his road numbers are. And I don't even know that we'll get a great indication there as well, because remember the Blue Jays are going to have to face off with easy teams and easy ballparks, the Red Sox pitching staff, the Baltimore Orioles ballpark in Camden yards, one week from today, maybe we'll get a better idea when he has to face off with the Marlins, who should be getting uh, their pitching back at Marlins Park. Well, 19 road games so far for Teoscar Hernandez, and actually six of his 10 home runs have come out 
on the road. So that's a positive trend, no doubt about that. Look, the strikeouts are the strikeouts. We kind of know what we're getting involved with with the Teoscar Hernandez. But on the road, 935 OPS, not too shabby. So once again, I'm hopeful that this is a guy who's kind of maturing and seeing that. And we see this with players like Teoscar Hernandez, too. Guys who have some swing and miss, and sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to put it all together. If he continues to start walking more and the pitch recognition skills start to take another jump, then this is a guy who could be an absolute all-star you know, for years to come. But for now, it's a really good sample size. It's a good stretch. Let's hope it continues, like Craig is saying, on the road. But so far, because remember, they were kind of slow to get any home games whatsoever, even in Buffalo. The road numbers have been pretty good for Teoscar Hernandez so far to start the year. Let's hope both of these trends, all of these trends going upward, continue for him. Yeah, for sure. And someone that uh, came over uh, from the Houston Astros is the Astros when they were winning those championships. And maybe they still are. But think about that. When the Astros are winning all these championships, they don't have room for Teoscar Hernandez. They don't have room for J.D. Davis. They don't have room for Joe Musgrove. And all of these players were basically shipped out because they're trying to win championships. I wonder what uh, Teoscar Hernandez's future may be. What would it have been in Houston uh, certainly, we will never know. Also, remember, he had a key injury a couple of years ago, running into another outfielder in Toronto, missed almost uh, half of the season. All right, we got the update from Chris coming up, and then the tip drill with Jeremy and Greg. Huge NBA slate today in DFS. We've got that right now. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I am Chris Kofsky with your SportsGrid News Update. We'll start in the NBA bubble wars. A wild Sunday. Luka Doncic hit a game-winning butter beater three in overtime to help lift the Mavs over the Clippers 135-133 and to tie the series up two games of Peach. Doncic had 42 points in that one. Doncic was the only young superstar who made some noise in the stat sheet as Donovan Mitchell had 51 points in the Jazz's 129-127 win against the Nuggets. Jamal Murray also had 50 points for the Nuggets in their losing effort. The Jazz now lead that series three games to one. The Raptors swept the Nets yesterday following their 150-122 to victory. The Raptors bench had a combined 100 points for them in that contest. And the Celtics ended the Sixers season with a 110-106 victory and possibly this be the end of the process for the Philadelphia 76ers as NBA insider Sean has reported according to sources the 76ers are expected to part ways with head coach Brett Brown. Some early candidates to replace Brown according to Shams is Villanova's head coach Jay Wright and Clippers assistant coach Ty Lue. And the first game from the NBA bubble tips off today at 1.30 between the Bucks and the Nets. To MLB, where it was reported by Joel Sherman and other sources, the Mets have no more positive COVID-19 tests, and they are cleared to return to action tomorrow. The plan is for the Mets and the Marlins to play doubleheader tomorrow at City Field. Recapping some games from Sunday's slate, the Rays beat the Blue Jays 5-4. The Padres won their seven straight games. They swept the Astros following their 5-3 victory. The Dodgers had seven home runs. They beat the Rockets 11-3 to improve an MLB best 22-8 on the season. The Red Sox became the first 20-loss team in baseball. They fell the O's 5-4. The Sox now own the worst record in baseball at 9-20. And, and the San Francisco Giants might be one of the hottest teams in baseball. They won their seven straight game as they beat the D-backs 6-1. To the NFL was a wild day yesterday. 77 COVID-19 tests came back as false positives for 11 teams from an NJ lab. But according to Adam Schefter, the sources say that all 77 of those tests were re-ran and they all came back negative. But still, the question looms. Will this be a problem when the season starts? 
And speaking of the season starting, the Miami Dolphins announced today they will allow up to 13,000 fans for their home opener against the Bills. All fans are required to wear a mask, though. The Dolphins are now the third team to announce they will allow fans at some capacity to begin the season. The Ravens released veteran safety Earl Thomas yesterday following an altercation with teammate Chuck Clark at practice on Friday, and the Saints cut veteran linebacker Nigel Bradham. And finally, the NHL bubble where the Bruins beat the Lightning 3-2, and the Knights blank the Canucks 5-0. I am Chris Kowski with your Sports Grid News Update. Now, before we get back to fantasy sports today, here's Greg Sussman and Jeremy Stein with the NBA Tip Drill. Hey everybody, what's going on? I am Greg Sussman, joined today by Jeremy Stein of Sports Grid, here to break down tonight's NBA slate. What's going on, Jeremy? Much. We had a great weekend of basketball. Few games went into overtime. Luka Doncic, amazing shot. Luka Doncic was ridiculous, and the fact that they could win that game without Kristaps Porzingis, that is a series I cannot wait to see continue. That's tomorrow night. Let's talk about tonight. First, so we'll begin at the point guard position. We're going with Malcolm Brogdon, of course, of the Indiana Pacers. $7,600 tonight. The Pacers trying to avoid the sweep. Why are we going with Brogdon, a name that we, I don't think, have gone with at all during the summer restart? Yeah, well, first of all, he, he's been out a decent amount of the summer restart, but I really like the Pacers on the whole this evening. This is a team that is stackable because it's a must-win game. So what you're going to see from Malcolm Brogdon is he's going to play at least 40 to 42 minutes, which easily gives him the highest upside of any point guard that's on this slate with also the highest floor. So he's a low-risk play this evening. Pacers are in desperation mode, as you said. Brogdon's still getting his legs back under him, but $7,600 tonight, and minutes are safe, right? You're looking at 40 minutes in the game. The Pacers have to win. They're going to, as a cliche goes, leave it all on the court, and Brogdon's going to be a major part of that tonight at the point guard spot. Let's move over to shooting guard, where at $7,000, you get Shea Gilgis Alexander, SGA for the Thunder, coming off a a big-time performance against Houston here in Game 3. See what they can do tonight. So he's been a bright spot in an otherwise very spotty offense. He's shooting at least 15 shots per game. Yeah, he had a rough game one. But aside from that, he is one of the best shooters on that team. And he is playing a ton of minutes. He's played only one minute less than Chris Paul this entire playoff. So I'm really liking him this evening. SGA led the Thunder to a Game 3 victory tonight. We'll see if he can do the same. Of course, this team built around Chris Paul and Shea Gilders-Alexander. Tonight, they try to even the score against Houston. Going back to the Pacers now, we'll talk about T.J. Warren, who, at, you know, a month ago was the hottest player in the NBA. He certainly has simmered down a bit. $7,600 night on FanDuel. Again, Pacers are going to do everything they can, of course, to avoid elimination, avoid the sweep, and T.J. Warren is going to have to be a massive part of it. Yes, this is another part of that stack. I want as much exposure to the Pacers as possible, particularly because we now have a good sense of the minutes in the rotation. This is a must-win game, so you're going to see increased minutes for all of their starters. He's going to play over 40 minutes, so this is, again, a must-win spot, so I don't really see how you can go wrong. I think it's funny because the Pacers aren't exactly a team that you would look to stack, probably, right? Not exactly an explosive offensive team facing a good defense in Miami. But when you're desperate and it's an elimination game, things change and those minutes increase exponentially. TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, both guys were starting this evening. Moving on to power forward, my favorite text every uh, other night that I get from you <laughs> is, is the eyes when Portland's winning. And I always text the same response back. 
it's early. And usually it works out for me as it did uh, in game number three. Anthony Davis is your start at power forward tonight. You're paying up $10,900, the third highest price player on the slate behind Giannis, behind James Harden. Um, power forward is a tricky spot, right? Like, we don't know if we should pay up or go with the value. Tonight you're going with AD, who struggled for a lot of game three. Why do you go back to Davis here tonight? This is a position that I really don't like at all this evening. Um, so I'm going with AD because I think he's one of the players that I feel comfortable will hit value. They're getting a ton of extra possessions with the additional free throws. And look, this isn't a fast-paced game. If you, you're watching these games, they're all low-scoring. So you're not getting a lot of upside from any of the Lakers. You're not getting a lot of upside from anyone in Portland. And you're certainly not finding it from the Bucks. So I, I really think that AD who has scored, by the way, a double-double in the last 15 playoff games that he has played in. He's had 20 points and at least 10 rebounds. Um, you're not going to go wrong. You're going to get value, but I'm not expecting much more. It's not exactly a surprising pick or a mystery of why you're taking Anthony Davis. It's a position that you've loathed really throughout the summer. And, and AD, in a spot to, you know what you're getting, the floor is obviously very high. The ceiling probably capped a little bit, especially at this high price tag. You can't go wrong, obviously, when it comes to Anthony Davis. One final position to hit, it's the center spot. And you know what? I like bringing it all full circle. We come back down to the Indiana Pacers and we go with Miles Turner. Miles Turner has actually killed me in the summer. He's $6,700 tonight. It's never fun playing Miles Turner. I can promise you that. You're doing it anyway. Why? It's part of the stack. There are a lot of players that I play that are not fun to play. Danny Green is a great example of that. You play him a lot because he's gonna hit value eventually and win you a GPP, but the other times it's not gonna be fun. Miles Turner played 37 minutes last game. I'm looking for him to play at least 40 again this game. And again, must win for the Pacers. I'm stacking them. I don't think there's another team you wanna stack. The minutes are gonna be there for Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren, and Miles Turner. Let's see if the performance follows it up, especially with Turner, who is known to let you down in DFS. The Pacers stack tonight is clear, especially in tournaments. That's what Jeremy's doing. Three to five starters we've listed, members of the Indiana Pacers. Let's see how it goes later today. Jeremy Stein, we appreciate the time, man. Good luck tonight. Thanks, have a good one. And I'm gonna be texting you some more eyeballs later. I cannot wait, and I can't wait to respond the same way I do each and every other <laughs> night. For Jeremy Stein, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching the NBA Tip Trail. Enjoy the games tonight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. All right, thanks a lot, Jeremy. Thanks a lot, Greg. We'll look forward to the NBA game starting at about an hour from now. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Orlando Magic. We'll see if Milwaukee can keep it rolling. Also, Adam Ronis is going to join us a little bit later in the show, give you some against-the-spread picks, especially for the game tonight between the Lakers and Portland Trailblazers. I'll be checking out that one for sure. All right, uh, let's dive into a little uh, NFL, little fantasy action, um, you know, looking at 
some of the things that are going on around the league. I know that there are some key injuries now happening as well. Lamar Jackson's been out of practice a couple of days, so there's still time to get him back, but clearly we'll have to pay attention to that one for sure. Uh, Rams running back situation seems to be a little bit in flux with Henderson being hurt. And then you have all of the quotes that come out of training camp this time of the year, and you try and figure out whether or not it is legit or not. And so we call this a little smoke or fire. Let's start off with the New England Patriots. Of course, a huge shock that we would start off with uh, Joe's Patriots here on the show today, but here we go again. Uh, we're talking about Damian Harris, uh, running back of the New England Patriots, and here is the quote from Jeff Howe, who covers them for The Athletic. He did a nice job picking up a block today. Looks comfortable in his route tree. He's been the best back in camp, and so uh, Damian Harris, best back in camp. Joe, are you buying this one? Is this smoke or fire? Well, I'll be fully transparent. I was buying it beforehand, so I love this quote. This quote makes all those cheap Damian Harris shares at the end of drafts look really good. And yes, I understand. It's the Patriots running back situation, and yes, that is always in flux and always annoying for the most part. However, not every pick is sexy. Not every pick is going to change your league. However, that doesn't mean that certain guys can't contribute, especially early out of the gate. Now, I know Sonny Michel, they said he, they're hopeful he's going to be ready for week one, but he hasn't really got on the field. So until he gets on the field... I'm still looking at Damian Harris as a guy for in standard league specifically, maybe some work down by the goal line potentially too. I understand we have Cam Newton there too, but look, Damian Harris is a guy that I think in year two has potential to contribute and be a little bit more than just a guy who has one or two series a game. I think there's more volume potentially for him in this offense. I'm not saying he's going to win you a league, but can he contribute in the first month? I think the answer might be yes to that. And I think this kind of news where he's able to catch the football, able to pass block and pick up protections, all of that tells me that there's progress and development. And I think that's important as well. Yeah, I won't buy this uh, one bit whatsoever. Um, now, that being said, it would change my opinion, certainly, if there was an injury that would keep Sony Michelle out from week one. I know uh, James White missed practice over the weekend, too. Uh, but I just don't believe anything in terms of running backs with the New England Patriots. And so uh, it's really nice that he is the best back there. But this is not somebody that I think that will factor in largely in the fantasy football season. So for me, I will have to disagree. This is a smoke uh, screen for me <laughs> with Damian Harris. If you're a reporter covering practice, you certainly want to point out the best guys. Guess what? Patriots have no running backs right now because they're all hurt. Of course, Damian Harris is going to look like the best, best guy. By default, I see. It's a very small fire. Who is it going to be? Corey fire. Dillon? Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, now let's move on to uh, another player here, a running back. It's going to be hard, I think, for running backs this year, but we'll see. Uh, Ron Rivera from the Washington football team, the head coach there uh, on Bryce Love, who was a great running back, no question, in the pack. Uh, this guy is a guy that could be an every down back for you. He's an explosive, dynamic player. I would say that Bryce Love was an explosive, dynamic player at Stanford. In fact, he was probably the only player that Stanford had there uh, for a couple of years. Washington clearly has moved on from one of their top running backs in Darius Geis. Uh, Adrian Peterson is still there. I know uh, Gibson is the other running back that is there as well. I like the accolades there. I, I, I'm very concerned with rookies in 2020 as we go along here, Joe, and the more missed practices that we have makes it harder for me to invest. Now, second half of the season, Joe, this is something that I would buy tremendously. I could see Bryce Love being a monster in the, in the final six, seven games of the season. Uh, I just don't know about the beginning. I think if this is a 15-16 team league, a deeper format, this is a guy to keep an eye on and draft and stash in your 10 team format. No, you're probably just going to watch him on the waiver wire. However, 
Once you go past 12 teams, these are the kind of stocks that I think it's very important that you acquire early for nothing and be patient with and see what develops. Because Peterson does have a fair amount of age on him. We all know that. Fair amount of miles as well. Gibson has some things that he's still got to work out. But and we had Andrew Erickson on two weeks ago. This was the name that he gave us to for that Washington backfield right after Geist got released. He went right to Bryce Love, and I asked him why. And he said because he fits the kind of style what Ron Rivera would want to do as a head coach better than anybody else on that roster. That's a little tidbit of information in your deeper leagues right now. I think you take Bryce Love with a later pick, and you wait and see what happens. If Gibson or Peterson runs away with it, you drop him, you move on. But it could be a very useful back sometime in October, potentially, to have Bryce Love on your roster five weeks into the season. And all of a sudden, this is a guy who starts to emerge. It could be a flex RB. Yep, very well could be the case. That's the way I see it as well with uh, Bryce Love. NBA preview coming up next for today. Adam Ronis joins us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We are closing in on the end of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Just a few series left, and it's been a really interesting start. As always, every Monday we check in with Adam Ronis of Fantasy Alarm and WagerAlarm.com as we check in on some potential bets for Monday. And Adam, uh, we're going to review some of the games today, but I think overall the NBA has seen some success. What's really uh, interesting is at least to me is that like you saw Orlando uh, win their first game they fell flat a little bit you saw Portland win their uh, first game it's still a competitive series but uh, you know certainly any it's kind of playing out like it has in the past in the NBA where sometimes teams jump out to that early 1-0 lead and it really doesn't mean all that much yeah I think we saw that last year the Magic also they won game one I believe it was against Toronto and then that was it for them you know Portland was coming in on a roll. I mean, they basically were playing playoff games since they came right. into the bubble and the Lakers were just not playing that well. And I think they caught them off guard. And then obviously the Lakers knew the pressure was on them in game two and responded in a big way. I think the big difference that we're seeing here now is you're not seeing a lot of these, you know, two zeros go to two one because usually they would go home for game three right. and, and win. And now you're seeing a lot of these series potentially end a little bit quicker than we're accustomed to seeing. And that's, really because of no home court, advantage, a home court advantage, none bigger than the Philadelphia 76ers because that team had two losses at home this year. So if they would have went home for a game three in their building, they probably would have won, but they have bigger issues. Yeah, for sure. And, and not having Ben Simmons, I think, was a, a big part of that, too. But uh, we'll have some postscripts, I'm sure, on the Sixers in the coming days as well. Uh, OK, so uh, let's get started with today's games. And we're going to shoot up to the four o'clock Eastern game and focus in on the series between Houston and Oklahoma City. A very competitive game last time out. As Adam mentioned, he took the thunder. They ended up winning in overtime, but that's not going to stop uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook from making Houston a three-and-a-half-point favorite today at 4 o'clock Eastern, and the total is 221-and-a-half. There is no question that if Oklahoma City is to win this series, they're going to have to win today, Adam, but we don't care if they win. We just want them to cover if we're taking OKC. So how do you see this game later on today? Yeah, I lean the thunder with the points once again. I was really impressed with the way they came out in Game 3 
you know, some of these teams have not really shown a lot of fight or fallen behind and then just kind of fell apart at the end of the game. But they just kept fighting. And there were times it's trust me, it is very difficult to bet against Houston because they just take a ton of threes. And when they are hitting them, you're just like, oh, man, a Harden had a huge game. He had 38 points and they still couldn't win. He did foul out in overtime and that really hurt them. But the Thunder had some opportunities at the end of regulation. They made some bad decisions, which bothered me a little bit. Uh, but they got great play out of their guard play. I knew Shea Gilgis-Alexander would rebound after his poor game one. He was good in game two. Chris Paul came through with some big shots. And uh, Steven Adams got banged up. They don't really need him against Houston, though, because Houston plays the small ball. The Rockets haven't really gotten anything out of Robert Covington. I'm surprised. I expected him to do better. But Jeff Green has been absolutely ridiculous. Definitely someone to use in DFS as well. His price has gone up a little bit, but he had 22.7 boards in game three, hit five of eight from three-point range. So he's given them a big boost. You know, Eric Gordon is still struggling with his shot. So you know what Houston's going to do. They're going to keep chucking threes. They took 50 in game three mm. and they hit 30%. So that is why I worry about Houston sometimes. If they're not hitting their threes, they could be in trouble. But I think the Thunder keep this close, potentially pulling it out, but I'll take the three points in this one. All right, so there you go. Adam uh, says take the three and a half points uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Depending on what the line is right now when you log in, it could change. That's the way that this works. All right, 6.30 Eastern. This is uh, a little bit of a surprise, I would say, for most people who follow the NBA closely because most projected this could be a very competitive series. It has not been. And although Indiana has kept the games close a little bit, there have been spurts, Adam, where the Pacers have looked good. The Heat has dominated this series, and they're up to seven-point favorites right now on FanDuel. The total, one of the lower ones, at 216.5, as uh, Goran Dragic is having a great series. Of course, so is Jimmy Butler. But really, Adam, from the outside with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, uh, maybe this is just a matter of the Heat getting hot, so to speak, at the right time. I don't know how they'll fare in their next series, but I don't think Indiana stands a chance to win the series. The question is... Can they show some face here and, and cover a spread and at least, uh, you know, leave on a good note? Or does the Heat blow them out? Yeah, I like the Heat in this one. I know it's a big number. I mean, they could win by six or five and then you lose it. But I think the Heat have that killer instinct here. Uh, you, you know, a team at 3-0, you find out a lot about them, especially early in the game. Uh, but I think the Heat are going to put them away. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is really motivated, dislikes T.J. Warren. They've had a lot of wars this year. He's taking it personal. You know, Hero, like you mentioned, is just uh, giving them a yeah. huge boost. You know, he had 20 points the other day. Duncan Robinson, obviously a big threat from three-point range. Didn't have a huge game the other day, but it hit seven threes in game two. And Dragic going into the starting lineup now. You know, Kendrick Nunn hasn't played. That's been one of the changes they made, putting Dragic in the starting unit. He's played well. You know, they got veterans like Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, who are also contributing as well. Uh, so I think Indiana's just kind of overmatched here. They obviously have been without DeMontis Sabonis, and that's really hurt them, uh, especially on the board. So I think he put them away and cover this number. And by, by the way, who is the rookie of the year in the NBA this year? I mean, is Zion win the rookie of the year with the amount of games that he played? Is no, that done? I, I don't I don't see it. Uh, I think it's going to be John Morant. I, yeah. Zion didn't play enough. I mean, John had a better year, but, you know, I, I so – what, well, who would you say? Where would you say uh, uh, Tyler Hero would be in the, in the voting? Is he even top five or no? Because I bet him at the beginning of the year. Uh, he won't win it though. No. But yeah, he, he's 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 close, but he's not going to win it. It's definitely going to be Morant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nine o'clock Eastern. Let's move on to the games that uh, look. The last couple have not been all that competitive, and it seems like it's going the other way for the Portland Trailblazers. Or maybe it's just a matter of 
the Lakers waking up. As, as Adam mentioned, they really struggled at the end of the bubble regular season. And then they really, uh, you know, had a lead that they gave away in game one. And I think that that's the mistake that a lot of betters make is not realizing that with about five minutes to go, the Lakers were up six on Portland in the game that they lost. So you had to know that they were going to come back in some way. And boy, they really have. In fact, Adam, they're up to seven and a half point favorites over the Blazers. The total is 224 and a half. L.A. now leads the series two to one. And look, the bottom line is, Adam, is that the Lakers could very easily win. In order for them to cover and win by a lot, they got to have Anthony Davis have a big game again like he's had. I think that's probably the way that this happens. But uh, I'll lean on you for your opinion here. Do the Lakers win? Do the uh, Blazers win? Who covers this game? Or the total? Uh, I lean towards taking the Blazers with the points. Uh, Now, the Lakers missed a ton of free throws in game three. They shot 28 of 43 from the free throw line, 65%. I mean, that's not they got to fix that. I mean, Anthony Davis, 7 of 14. He's a good free throw shooter. We've seen LeBron have his issues this year. He was 12 of 17. But that was a big problem for them. And, you know, that's what the Lakers need. They have to get huge games from LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a given. And then they're going to need contributions elsewhere. In that game three, it was Caldwell Pope who came through with 13 points. Caruso added 10. Uh, they didn't get much from Kuzma. Portland, the problem with them is, like, they're not scoring. And we're not accustomed to seeing that because the Lakers' defense is giving them problems. Uh, they shot 41% from the field. They scored 108 points. I mean, they just haven't been scoring. We're used to seeing Portland score 125, 130 in the bubble and in the uh, playing game. It's not happening against the Lakers, which we knew they'd have better defense uh, they've had to play Whiteside alongside Nurkic and Nurkic dealing with Anthony Davis a little bit, picked up five fouls. Uh, so they got to get better play. I mean, Melo gave them a really good game. He gave them 20 points. McCollum came alive. Lillard had 34, and they still lost by eight. So uh, they're not getting what they were from Gary Trent Jr. He's had a really difficult time in this series. But Portland, I, I think, it can keep this close and cover the number. I don't know if they win, uh, but I lean towards them covering, at least being competitive in this game. All right, plus seven and a half on the Portland Trailblazers. So there you go. Those are three picks in the uh, NBA. Before we close it out, uh, let's, uh, Adam, you and I just chat for a minute or two here about baseball. Uh, look, you, you've been playing and watching fantasy for a long time. In terms of where the Padres Grand Slam accomplishments go at this point, I don't know where to put up there. Uh, I simply have never seen anything like this happen before. And remember, you have to have the opportunity to have the bases loaded, and then you have to hit the Grand Slam I don't know about you. I think this is one of the more amazing feats we've seen in baseball in the last decade or so. Yeah, they're an amazing, fun watch right now. And I think a lot of us knew that going into the year, that they had a lot of young talent, a good core. We expected Manny Machado to bounce back. Will Myers played better. Uh, And Fernando Tetis Jr. has just been unbelievable. I'm just glad that I have him on one of my fantasy teams because he is just so fun to watch. Uh, But, yeah, the Padres just rolling right now, and it's amazing. Like, every other day, it's like, oh, Grand Slam again, and it's different guys, too, getting it done. So uh, they're they're rolling right now and uh, could be a dangerous team. I mean, when you look at the National League, obviously, it's the Dodgers, clear cut above everyone else. But, like, who's the next team to threaten them? I mean, at least – and at least has a lot of problems with pit. Braves have major problems in pitching. Phillies have major problems in the pen. Nationals have had injuries. I don't buy the Cubs at all. I think they've overachieved and taken advantage of a easy schedule. People were high on the Reds and they disappointed. Oh, uh, disappointment. I think it could be the Padres. We'll see if they make any moves here. I mean, Zach Davies. I mean, that's the, I mean, what is going on? He had a nice two start week and I put in bids for him. Didn't get him. Now I look back. I'm like, man, I kind of wish I had him. So 
but they also have issues at the back end of the bullpen. Kirby Yates yeah. hurt, Drew Pomerantz, Pomerantz is but yeah. every team, man. I mean, I heard James Paxton talk about it, and I'm not shocked at all. When I saw the way the season was, I'm like, we're going to see a ton of injuries because they were off for like four months, and then you have this short and condensed spring training, and you talk to players, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing. It's, it's insane. I knew this was going to happen, and it's actually worse than I thought. Yeah, and and it's going to be tough now, too, with the Mets and Yankees getting all this time off and then having to come back and pitch after basically being quarantined, especially uh, on the Mets side of it as well. Uh, Last thing here, you know, on on the American League side, similar to the Padres, the team that when Joe and I have been discussing it, it's been years since we've talked this much, uh, Adam, about the White Sox. And, And the other part of it, too is that it, it's it's sort of like a different guy every day, like Tim Anderson for a few days, and then it's Lewis Robert, of course, he's having a great year. But how about Jose Abreu, who went through a stretch of six home runs in nine at-bats? And look, I, I don't know if they're pitching is good enough to win the World Series, Adam, but I'd love to see them in the postseason just to see what they could do with that offense. Yeah, and with the expanded postseason, there's a really good chance I think we see him get in. That lineup is just fun to watch. It's lethal. Moncada had a great year last year. You mentioned Abreu, who's kind of more undervalued, I think, in fantasy, even this year. I liked him, even though I didn't get him anywhere. First base was thin. You know, a guy that you could pencil in for productive numbers every year, especially with the improvement in the lineup. Luis Robert, I was able to get in one league. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, I have in a couple. Do have Dylan Cease. But, yeah, I mean, Dallas Keuchel. You know, he's hittable, gives up a lot of contact, but he's been very effective. And that's going to be the question is, do they have enough pitching? But the lineup certainly looks like it's going to be a fun one to watch uh, for the next few years. Yeah, no, it definitely uh, will be. Uh, All right. So uh, any change you're going to still uh, stick with the Clippers uh, as we move forward here to, to win the NBA championship? I know the last week you said you're still feeling really good about it. We're sticking with that, right? Yeah, definitely sticking with them. I mean, they were able to get by in game three with Paul George not shooting well. He did not shoot well in games two and three. Uh, And Harrell is still working his way back into conditioning. Patrick Beverly has sat out a lot of games. So uh, I think they just get better as the postseason goes along. So I will stick with the Clippers. All right. There's uh, Adam Ronis here joining us on Fantasy Sports Today. You can basically go to wageralarm.com, see all of Adam's NBA picks every single day. And also go to Fantasy Alarm for all of his DFS suggestions and get the latest tips as to what is going on, really up-to-the-minute stuff. Uh, Make sure you also follow Adam Ronis on Twitter, at Adam Ronis. Adam, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. We'll check in with you again next week. Good luck with the uh, tips today. Thanks. Also got baseball picks on Wager Alarm, too. Okay, cool. So check those out as well. All right, uh, we got to take a quick break. And when we come back here on Fantasy Sports today, we've got our DFS picks. We've got a couple of pitchers and a couple of hitters to get to as well. A little bit later on here in the show, we got a fantasy football preview with our friend Antoine Staley uh, in North Carolina. He covers the Panthers. We'll talk about who he thinks could break out this season at the wide receiver position for them. So stay tuned. More Fantasy Sports today is coming up in just a couple of minutes right here on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Looks like more doubleheaders are in store. Mets have been cleared to play. They'll play a doubleheader on Tuesday against the Marlins after missing four days of baseball. And uh, Yankees and Mets are going to have to play a doubleheader to make up the few games that were missed this weekend. And so it looks like we're getting everybody back on the field, although we'll have to wait and see when Tuesday comes for tonight. Got some really good DFS options to give you, including a couple of pitchers who are really off to strong start. So, Joe, who do we got tonight on FanDuel's DFS? Well, it's a really tricky night because Trevor Bauer's all the way up to 12K, which is a tough play on the road in Milwaukee. I get it. He's been great. Still, that's a lot of money. I'm going to go with Lance Lynn instead against Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo's a really good young pitcher, but still young. And Lance Lynn has just been a boss this year, man. The guy's been tremendous. He's at home. It's a good price point. Then a lot of the pitchers that we like are going head-to-head with each other. So last week, we love Kenta Maeda. This week, he's going against Aaron Savali. I'm going to favor Savali in this one. And normally, with the four outcomes, I tend to stay away from those games. But Savali at home on the streak he's on, plus Maeda making that big jump in terms of pitch count, going from 85-90 to about 115 in that last start that was so good. But that's a significant jump. I don't know if that's going to have an adverse effect, and I'm willing to take that shot on Savali because of it. Uh, Nick Cassianos in Milwaukee against the left-hander. Yes, please, sign me up. And Carlos Correa against the lefty at 3.1K is a really nice value. It's uh, against Sandoval tonight. So that's what your FanDuel slate looks. And again, very tricky because of the guys were going head-to-head with each other and the better options on the night. So you really got to pick a side and kind of stick with it and do your best guess, basically. Yeah, Savali is one in particular tonight with a really, really tough matchup, but certainly he is not disappointed in any of the games that he's pitched in this season. The Indians uh, got a great response from McKenzie over the weekend, too. In fact, we're going to take a look at some of the rookie performances in fantasy baseball, but our number one is officially in the books for us here. We're going to take a quick timeout. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll recap all the top stories in fantasy and reality and also hit on some of the rookies in fantasy as well as get a preview of the Carolina Panthers in 2020. Maybe some things that we could expect as Antoine Staley, who covers the Panthers in North Carolina, is going to join us here on the show coming up in about 15 minutes from now. So make sure you stay on the grid. Joe and I will be right back in just about two minutes. Where are you going to go in between then? Nowhere. We'll be right back after this here on Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 